You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. This is Randy. In the future, bovine genetics will take a leap forward and scientists can determine if the calf embryo needs to be terminated. This process will be called decaffeinated. This is Melanie. In the future, our robotic overlords will allow elections for us to decide which face our android president will wear this upcoming term. This is Jesse. In the future, a manicorn will be in charge of what we can and cannot complain about. So when you want to complain about those millennials, you better have a good reason. Welcome to the Grox Podcast. Hey, Melanie. Yes? It's episode 63. Cool. That's just me being confident again. Continuing. That's this year's theme. Yeah, that's, that, that's your resolution. Yeah. You have very aggressive confidence. <laughs> it's going to get more confident. <laughs> get ready for aggressive confidence in episode 63, brother. And then it'll become cocky confidence. Be like, hey, I bet you don't know what episode this is. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Pass, passive aggressive uh, <laughs> aggressive confidence. <laughs> <laughs> I know that you wouldn't know what this episode number is, but I'm about to tell you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Episode 63 is wild, running wild all over you, brother. <laughs> that was good. Yes. Hey, listeners. Punch a baby. What? <laughs> Nothing. Did you say you're gonna punch a baby? <laughs> you did. I was oh, gonna say that that okay. was a really good segue for our in-house news, but punching a baby is not. <laughs> no. Okay. I, <laughs> macho man punching a baby. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's fine. Go, I get it. I get it. Pretend it didn't happen. Moving on. <laughs> so how about this segue, brother? <laughs> how, how about this pro wrestling segue? Uh, we have some in-house news. Uh, the pro wrestling mothership. Uh, the hosts uh, Darnell Mitchell and Dustin Smothers, they're going to be hosting the uh, Capital Wrestling podcast, which I believe uh, Capital Wrestling is Eric Bischoff's promotion, and it's out there in uh, New York. And uh, so congratulations to uh, you know our Pro Wrestling Iowa podcast network uh, brothers uh, who are also part of the Electronic Media Collective podcast network. It's a mouthful. That's big. Yeah. That's that's awesome. That's yeah, huge. I mean, kudos. Well, I can see it already. We're gonna be left behind. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, they wouldn't do that to us. They wouldn't do that to us. They wouldn't do that to us, right? <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. It is. That uh, remind. Oh, sorry. What oh, uh, well, the other thing I was gonna say is, uh, you know, like uh, la- last episode, we celebrated your birthday. Uh, this episode, we got to start talking about next month, which is our anniversary, right? Yes. It is. That was one of our New Year's resolutions of old, to not forget our anniversary. Yeah. Won't do it again. <laughs> and, and this time, this this is going to be the Grolics Podcast's fourth, an- for real though, this time, fourth anniversary. I know I said <laughs> that last year, but I was wrong. The This year, the year of confidence and getting our numbers correct Four years. Four years of Grolix, guys. That's crazy. Yeah. What's a four-year-old do? Like, they're they're toddlers by this point, for sure. 
they're almost in school. We're just out of like the terrible threes or twos or whatever it is. That lasts for like five years. Oh, we're still in it. You guys have to still put up with our obnoxiousness. Yep. Yep. And we can walk around and put our fingers in electrical sockets. Yeah, so you still have to baby-proof the house, even more so. <laughs> we'll eat Tide Pods and stuff. What? No! <laughs> We're smarter than adults. <laughs> no, yeah, no doubt. Oh, wow. I don't even understand. I mean, at least we're not doing it on purpose. So I have... Now, I'm going to say this, and then it's going to, like, next month will come, and it'll be disappointing because there's not much... But I have some interesting things planned for next month. I want to make it a celebration, a celebration. I have some fun stuff that'll go up on our Patreon. If you want to help support us with a couple bones every month, go to patreon.com slash podcast. You can get access to bonus stuff like some of the bonus stuff I'm going to throw up uh, next month for our, for our anniversary. Mm-hmm. Also, especially since Jasper keeps uh, posting about it publicly. <laughs> <laughs> I know where you're going. So... Now, if schedules get hectic, this might change. But next month, and this is going to happen on the... Uh, this is probably news to people here, too. This is going to happen on the Growlix podcast feed. Oh. there, Me and Jasper will be launching uh, a new podcast that'll kind of, at least for a while, at least backdoor pilot style, be an imprint of Growlix. Oh. Clever. <laughs> it's going to be called Cinematic Universe, or if that's already taken, this is how much pro- planning we've done so far, uh, it'll be the Grolic Cinematic Universe. Oh. Yeah, so we'll do some movie talk. It'll be a good a good way to get Jasper on some more podcast episodes, because I know he On the regular. Yeah. yeah, on the regular. Um, I'm not sure exactly what the release schedule will be, but I can tell you that the first episode will, most likely, go up. Next month, between our first and second episodes of Grolix. so well, you know, it's it's Facebook official already, so it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, this is true. This is true. <laughs> he didn't understand, like, because I was like, "Oh, you're, you're posting about it already." He's like, "Yeah, what's the problem?" I'm like, oh, "Well, <laughs> <laughs> that means it has to happen." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it has to happen now. It just means we're married to this thing now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can't back out. There's no going back. Uh, Melanie, it's a really real head. world. No, I don't. I don't. I don't don't, believe marriage. I know. I knew that's where you were going. (laughs) But okay, so here's the premise because we haven't talked about this at all. Really, this is really like this is something I wanted to do, but this is really when I got on board when the premise came together. So we're gonna pick two movies Mm -hmm. to discuss them. Sometimes they might be newer movies, but they won't always be. Sometimes they'll be random or they'll be themed, like a double feature type thing. And then we're going to figure out how those movies can fit together to create the next mega franchise cinematic universe for this movie studios. Oh, so that's ooh. that's the premise. That's why it is the cinematic universe. Oh, okay. and this is kind of a callback to when Jasper was on the show. Exactly. Where we were like, okay, Transformers plus Knight Rider equals awesome. Exactly. Like me and Jasper kind of been kicking some ideas around and he, he wanted to do a movie podcast and I'm like, well, yeah, I, that would keep me from derailing Grolix with movie talk all the time. We kicked some ideas around. I threw the double feature thing out there, but it was when the cinematic universe thing hit me and thinking about the episode that Jasper was on with with the Knight Rider, Transformers, Baywatch cinematic universe. I was like, that's perfect. Like, it's perfect. It's a perfect spinoff of that. So, yeah. So that should be going up next month. I don't know what the release schedule will be. It kind of depends on 
how much time Randy has to edit and how long these episodes end up being. Yeah, because you guys <laughs> talk for like an hour in the parking lot. I can imagine how long you're going to talk. We do. I know. I know. I'm really kind of worried about it. <laughs> we're going we're to have to stay on point. Yeah. Speaking of. <laughs> Nicely done. Okay. Uh, bef- before we move on, though, I just want to throw one last, uh, one last in-house thing in, and that is if you did not catch last the last episode we had patrick on from make dad read comics Mm -hmm. and you should go check out that episode and then you should go check out make dad read comics yeah and and something else that he's into almost educational yeah they're both they're both things yeah they're both excellent make dad read comics is if you're a big comic or well you know whatever a mild comic book fan you should definitely check that show out that show's great. I've been a fan of that show for a long time. We've talked if about it. If you like this show, show at all, you'll like that show. I yeah. just think you will. And then Almost Educational is – it's interesting. It's not It's not strictly political, but it sometimes it's political. Sometimes it's scholarly. Sometimes it's uh, – I don't know. It's, it's, it's really interesting. They talk about werewolves. They talk about time travel. They talk about alternate history. They talk about sports. I mean, like that's an episode that, – that's a show that you can kind of – Go through and say, okay, this one, this one, I need to hear. You know, like go through their archives, look at the titles, and uh, I guarantee you're going to find something. You, you're going to go, what? I need more of that. It's a good show. I want to say it just like that too. Be like, what? what? <laughs> I need more of that. <laughs> yeah. So, so, what are Randall, ladies and gentlemen? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what, what is episode sixty-three? About. <laughs> I said I'd be confident about the numbers, nothing else. <laughs> um, this is our poll list episode, it, listener. If you didn't know what the heck a poll, our poll list uh, is. <laughs> 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 On our website, growlixpodcast.com, there is a poll in various places. You'll be able to find it. And, and uh, in which you can vote or suggest more comics. Uh on our poll of comics. <laughs> anyway, it's 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 just a poll. And uh, every month we pick the one with the most votes. Mm-hmm. We read that and discuss next month. So this month, the one that won last month, <laughs> was Daredevil Born Again. So we're going to be talking about that this episode. Uh, but that also means it's time to pick next month's yeah, well, uh, book. We don't get to pick it, though. We just have to find out what it is. Yes. You pick it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Looking at the poll as it stands, Owl Girls has finally risen to the challenge of winner. Can yeah, you rise to the cha- can you rise to the challenge of being a winner? Yes, sure or not, it's a challenge Owl, to be a winner. Owl Girls has done that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what we'll be discussing next week, uh, or not, not next week, next month. Next month, Owl Girls. The episode after next. Owl girls. Sounds boring, but we'll see. Sounds boring. (laughs) Sounds boring. We don't know what it is. She judged a book by its title. We don't know. Yes. Maybe they can see in the dark. They're nocturnal. You know, I actually do judge comics by their cover, which is not a good thing probably, but... Oh, especially comics. Yeah. It's it's done me good sometimes, though, because I've been like, look at that. That looks amazing. And then it was. So, you know, there's that. Fair enough. Yeah. So, Owl girls. That's been on the list for a long time. Mm. Apparently, it was a Kickstarter comic. Uh, it's available on Amazon, so we're gonna buy that thing and we're gonna read it. Yeah, and we like Kickstarter things. Yeah, yeah, we've we've featured lots of Kickstarter things. So, mm-hmm. well, hey, 
How about this, Melanie? Yes, You'll yes. like this. Okay. Our girls, uh-huh. one issue. Oh, really? Well, there's two issues out, actually. But I think at the time that this was added to the list, there was only the one issue. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're reading. Okay, that's cool. Is it a really long issue? I don't think so. Oh, well, okay. Then that's even better. It's it's priced like a single issue. Okay. So. Let's do it. All right. Oh, yeah. But first. First, we have to talk about Daredevil. Uh, Not Apocalypse. Not Apocalypse. Reborn. Daredevil Reborn. Born again. <laughs> Re- born again. <laughs> Didn't even need a wet blanket. <laughs> no, it's so weird. This is before wet blankets, maybe. <laughs> there probably was. <laughs> Before DC made wet blankets cool again. Daredevil, born again. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, no, just, no. I'm just riffing. That's all. Derail the inside joke that's been going for years that our, but Matt D probably doesn't even remember the reference to. <laughs> well, uh, it might have been, yeah. been pre-show. So. I, I'd, mm, actually, you might be right. Yeah. Sorry if you're not a Patreon, you won't get it. We've been referencing that like every third episode for like two years now. Sorry. <laughs> that's, that's, that's really bad if our pre-show jokes are, are you know, like running jokes. Our longest running gags them. and everybody's yeah, just like. Yeah, like nobody gets them but us. That's He's... probably bad. Okay, I'll stop. No, you don't have to stop. <laughs> no, no, I like it. it. I, I, like I like it. it. Okay. I think they're funny. Especially the as wet blanket As long as we one. like it. <laughs> we know at least three listeners like it or two. Even if it was pre-show though. I think I clipped that out as one of our like best of clips oh. and it's yeah. available on like Facebook or Twitter or something. So, oh, okay. So it's out there. It's out there in the universe. B- Daredevil born again, born again, uh, written by Frank Miller art by David. Ma- is it? Maz- Holy cow. Mazzicelli. Mazzicelli. Uh, yeah. Let's go with that. Uh, yeah, that looks right. Mazzicelli. Sounds, sounds Italian. <laughs> resisting, resisting urge to make insulting, uh, accent. Born Again. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. Born Again is a 1986 comic book story arc that appeared in the Marvel comic series Daredevil. And the storyline first appeared in Daredevil number 227 to 231. That's from Wikipedia. This is the second Daredevil we've read for the show. Mm-hmm. The first one was Daredevil Yellow. Mm-hmm. This is the second Daredevil I've ever read. <laughs> Me too. Oh, wow. Okay. I, I haven't read too I'm, much I'm just gonna. I'm just going to bet, if I were a betting man, you like this one a lot better than the other one. I did. I did like it. I liked it more than the other one. Yeah. Oh, oh. This is... oh interesting. <laughs> but but you're just going to leave it there. Oh, yeah, okay. That's, that's fair. That's fair. Interesting. I didn't know anything about it beyond the fact that it's Frank Miller, Daredevil. It's one of the ones that I hear, along with Man Without Fear, that I hear brought up a lot. Right. And... Uh, I knew the time period, you know, thinking of like Batman year one and stuff like that. Like I kind of had an idea of what to expect and that's not too far off. Mm-hmm. Right. This is right around the same time as uh, Dark Knight Returns and year one and all that, mm-hmm. I believe. And the Frank Millerness of this is well into effect. It's like, oh yeah, I was like, you know, reading this, most comic book worlds like would be a kind of a crappy place to be a normal human in because these big horrible events happen and you have no power to do anything. Mm-hmm. Frank Miller's comic book worlds would be like the worst place to be a human in because mm-hmm. it's not only that there's like this big superhero, supervillain stuff that tends to happen, but like everyone's a junkie. 
Everyone's trying to rob you. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, there are no street cleaners or street sweepers. Everything's a mess. Like everything's just the worst it can be all the time. Mm-hmm. Even nice guy Foggy Nelson is kind of a jerk <laughs> somehow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, like he's not really a jerk, but he kind of is. <laughs> he's kind of a jerk to glory towards the end. Yeah. yeah. About her career. Was it like a what a little lady wants her own career type? Like, is that like the thing they were? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what they were on. going for with that. It is Frank Miller, so it's not surprising to me that uh, he does uh, both Batman and Daredevil because they are the two people that you can really just, I guess, totally ruin their universe with, mm-hmm. <laughs> like horrible tragedies, you know, and it's kind of still on point or on theme. It kind of makes sense because they're both kind of, well, Batman does, I don't know, he, he's got like big over-the-top villains and gets involved in big things, but they're both kind of street level. Mm-hmm. They right. both brood a lot. They brood. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, big time. Hell's Kitchen seems like a terrible place, and Gotham is definitely a terrible place. Yeah, it kind of makes sense for, for Frank Miller stuff. Yeah, he likes to be in terrible places with brooding people. So I wanted to clarify. You kind of mentioned this, I think, last month when we when this was picked as the book we were going to read, Jesse. But so before, is this the turn when Daredevil kind of started to get more broody? kind of take that back. Yeah, he, turn. he starts to be a lot more yeah, your your dark protector type. And before that, he's a lot more uh Stan Lee, uh Spider Man, quippy, swashbuckler type of guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot more like what we read in uh Daredevil Yellow. Okay. They they make mention of him a couple times at the end of the book, like having been a kid or being a kid, maybe even still uh, but there's something different and, like, darker. Yeah, there's oh. definitely a deliberate, like, wording to be like, he's changed. Yeah. He's still Daredevil, but he's darker now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah right, yeah. A part of him is gone or, some, you know, some stuff like that. But yeah. um, basically, Karen Page is a junkie. In, like, Brazil? Yeah, somewhere in South America. And she sells sells out uh, Daredevil's secret identity for a fix. This word travels to Kingpin and then Kingpin basically dismantles Matt Murdock's life, you know, gets his funds taken away, gets him framed, you know, basically he ruins his bar. He's not even, yeah, he's not even a lawyer. Yep. His, all his money's been froze. Uh, his house got blown up, blew up. Was that his house or it was the, it was the gym, wasn't it? I think it was the well, that's house where he first. lived too. Yeah. Oh, I, oh, okay. That's I where his. Okay. That's like where his dad trained. I think he bought the gym kind of thing, and like oh. his apartment was above it or something like that. Okay, so both his home and the gym got blown up. Yeah, blowed up. His girlfriend left him, but that wasn't Kingpin. That just happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That happened right at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Was that Glory or is... that was Glory? Yeah, and then. And then she bounced right over to Foggy. Yeah, don't they yeah that's what I mean. That's what I mean. Like, like even Foggy's kind of skeezy. I oh, I don't know why. Maybe it's like I read this in a couple of sittings and like I didn't connect that it was that fast. That's one thing I do kind of have to say once we get into it. And then and Matt kind of loses his mind. Then he almost dies. And then we get the end of the Defenders scene um, <laughs> where he wakes up and... Like in the some, convent or yeah. in the mm-hmm. church or something. Yeah. And then he eventually he comes back. Yeah. Uh, there, obviously, there's more to it, but that's the basic rundown. Yeah. No, I wanted to say that 
okay, so like that's a lot of like it's his whole life being ruined like instantly, like right away. Mm-hmm. But he goes straight to losing his mind, and they allude to him like kind of cracking up before any of this happened. Mm-hmm. Obviously, not reading the series running up to it, you know, I didn't see any of that. But at one point, like by the time he's like in this crappy little tiny hotel room or whatever motel room. Mm-hmm. And he's lost his mind and he's laying in bed for days and he keeps calling Foggy and just being like, I know, I know what you did. (laughs) You know, stuff like he's gone totally crazy. At one point, I think Kingpin says it's been like 11 days. I'm like, like 10, 11 days is all it takes. Like it just happened kind of fast. Mm -hmm. It it seemed like. And besides the fact that all that crap's happening and he obviously wasn't in a great mental state beforehand, it it makes a point of mentioning that he he hasn't gotten any sleep in like... A week or something. Okay. Yeah. So they go full on like breaking of the bat. Uh, you you know like you, yeah. you've read Nightfall, right? Like yeah. th- that's what it makes me think of. Is like they push Batman to the breaking point, and that's kind of what's happening here. Is where like not only is everything going wrong, but Matt is pushing himself uh, on top of it as Daredevil. Like mm. he just yeah. Okay. He's he's frayed. I think maybe it's just the pacing and, – and this is not – this is going to sound like a criticism, but it's kind of not. In that case, with that in mind, I think maybe it's just the pacing is 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 a little weird to me. That happens really fast, but thinking about, like, Nightfall and all that, I'd rather have it happen kind of fast than, like, have it get drug out too long. Mm-hmm. Because oh, yeah, the, yeah. I agree, it, too. The Batman thing, like, man, that it felt like that drug so out for a long issues. time. So many issues. Yeah, and he, and you know he, how it's going to end. <laughs> he says later in the book, after stuff's gone down, that things had been happening for a while, but he didn't notice them until it was like too late, and then it was done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So we just weren't there for that. So, Melanie. Yes. You said you liked this better than Daredevil Yellow. Yes, I did. It was not as cheesy, but <laughs> but the the but is what I'm after here. But it was still, it was very predictable for me. And I mean, and I, I, mean, I do that anyway. You know that. But uh, I, I got everything. I got it all. And I got it all pretty early on in the book too. And that's disappointing for me. I like it when I can, can be surprised. And it, there was no surprises here for me. Okay. But I mean, it was still better. Jesse, had, had, had you read this before? I had, yeah. This is one that I've read at least once before and probably more than once Um so I'm curious, what did, uh, like, I'm assuming, since you've only read it twice, uh, that you, uh, the main the main Daredevil you've been exposed to has either been the Netflix show or Daredevil Yellow. How did you take the news that Karen Page is a junkie, former porn star who would sell out Matt for a fix? Oh, man. I didn't, I it was hard to buy, mostly just because... She already didn't have a lot of good things, Seem it seemed like, in her life. And to give up, like, the one good thing that you had and for something so trivial doesn't seem in character, maybe. But that's right. not necessarily true. I don't know what junkies do when they become junkies. They yeah. give, sell their babies. And- I think you're right to a point. Like, but that's the thing, though. It's like she seems like a hardcore junkie. It's not trivial. It's the end of the world. But she was able to, while being a hardcore junkie, she could still travel all the way up there and escape from these people and all this to save him. Why could she? Well, but she escaped from those people, found a guy who kept giving her fixes 
all the while she traveled up here. Like she she yeah. remained being a junkie with this guy all the way back up to America. But it was a little bit before she met him. Oh yeah, she seemed like a mess. But she was they were going to kill her, so like at least she had a survival instinct. Yeah. And uh to be fair, I don't know how she got to that point. Obviously that all happened uh before Frank Miller, which is which seems bizarre. Like they had uh Karen Page taking this really dark turn long before Frank Miller got there. Before, yeah. Uh, and, yeah. and Frank Miller actually sets it right in the course of this story. So that's crazy. <laughs> I mean, they, she said in there that she went to go become a movie star, but they followed her out through all that stuff? I don't know. I, I think that they, uh, I mean, at least through part of it, yeah. Oh, that sucks for her, I mean. I can't remember exactly when we read Daredevil Yellow, but it feels like my reference point for Daredevil was... The Netflix show before we even read Daredevil Yellow. I could be wrong. I believe so. Yeah. yeah but probably. yeah, I think so. So, and I, I remember because they did some interesting stuff with Karen Page in season one of Daredevil. And I remember Jesse, you saying that like she's got like, she yeah, definitely I was has alluding a dark to past. this. I was yeah. like, she does, she get she, you know, she has a dark, she dips into the dark side. And that's what I was alluding to is like, she goes way darker than this, sort of. But not not quite this, you know, like she she hits rock bottom is what I was alluding to. It's not fair to come at it with a but I, I guess, Jesse, since you asked the question, though, like, yeah, I think Karen Page in the Marvel Netflix stuff is one of my favorite characters. I don't know why. I, she's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Even if like and even in the Netflix show, I think they alluded to her of having like a dark past, but I don't see this. I don't see that. Maybe maybe a little bit of the pornish stuff, but not like all. I can see her being like in college and be like, I need extra money. I'll do a porno. But, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have you guys uh, have you guys watched uh, Punisher? Because she is featured in that a little bit, too. Oh, I know. Uh, watch We're, the po- show? Yeah, the show. Yeah. We're uh, yeah. partway. Partway? Okay. Maybe, maybe most of the way. We're getting towards the end. It's been a, mm-hmm. It's been a few weeks since we watched an episode. We got derailed by finishing the first season of Legion, which, it's by fantastic. the way, is amazing. I don't yeah, know why is. nobody talks about this show. It's so good. It is so good. Huh. Somebody at work told me to, to watch it. Really? Yeah. And I was like, yeah. We watched the first episode only but at the time. Uh-huh. But I was like, yeah, we like watched it and it was great, but we haven't got back on it, but we have since then. And I and then I mentioned it to him and I'm like, you were the one who told me to watch Legion and you were right. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. I got to derail the conversation with that for a second. So yeah, Legion is based on... You know, Professor X X's uh, son mm-hmm. from the comic books, Legion. Dude, that show is so crazy. And it's it's kind of like a Logan thing. It's not like Logan at all, but it's the thing of like, so let's take this superhero property and then just do something completely different with it. Mm-hmm. And it's just and it it works so well with Legion since it's like it's very the show itself is super trippy and mm-hmm. weird mm-hmm. and bizarre, and uh, and there's a lot of uh, mind. Yeah, it's all all about mind stuff. Mind, sure, mind, yeah, it makes head, sense too. Head trips and stuff like that, and the show really uses that to its advantage. Oh, yeah. So do they do they change his powers then, or is, are they pretty pretty well on point? But you wouldn't want to know that necessarily. It's it's a little. So he's got telekinetic abilities. Okay, yeah, that seems to be one of his base powers. And then it's a little unclear because I know I don't know a whole lot of about him from the comics except like a lot of times he seems crazy because he's got 
like all these different people literally in his head. Like he's got all these yeah, different consciousnesses yeah. in his head. So, I mean, I don't know if it'll spoil the show, but Legion has multiple, uh, multiple personality disorder and uh-huh. every personality has a different mutant power. Oh, oh. yeah. They, they don't. Okay. So they, they play on the multiple personality disorder. Kind of. It's kind more, of. it's more, they play, it's, they handle it. It's more like schizophrenic. Yeah. But in a way, they do touch on that, but it's not like there's a bunch of different m- people with mutant abilities in his head. Yeah. But there right. is there is c- other consciousnesses uh, with... With their own powers. With their own powers in there. Yeah. Okay. A- and they play... I don't know. They play with it. Like, the whole first season is kind of built around that. Yeah. And they play with it so well. And the other characters are good, too. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's really like, interesting. Oh, you have to watch it. And it's okay. it, yeah. it's I've, set. I've heard it's it's excellent. I just haven't. Uh, it's, it is. It's on Hulu, so I. I oh, is it? To get on that, I believe. I believe yeah. it's on Hulu. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's super bizarre. It, it's so good. Is it set in the seventies, or does it just look like the seventies? I don't know. If it, it's very seventies, it might be set in the seventies. And at one point, I'm like, so I know this is FX. It was. It's an FX show, mm-hmm. which is Fox. And they have the X-Men license, obviously. But um, I was like, I don't know if they're actually going to tie it into, like, we're not going to get no Patrick Stewart. And we don't. But. But you do see a wheelchair at some point when it's alluded to his father. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's Professor X's wheelchair. It's got a Nixon in it. Of course it is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah it's yeah. like they're actually going to do, like, it's Professor X's kid. But, like, they uh, still are pretty vague. That's a yeah, little spoilery. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, it's good. It's good. How did we get onto that? Oh, Punisher. So, yeah, we're we're partway through Punisher and yeah I know I was excited I, I I like that Karen Page has been in it I wish she was in it a little bit more but we also haven't finished the season that's such a downer it, it is it is a downer it's it's a Punisher series so far has been a lot more low-key than I expected oh just wait okay good <laughs> good, good. Yeah, I finished it it's uh ooh. yeah well that's good because the first couple few episodes i might have fallen asleep that's kind of why we stopped watching it because Mel- melanie keeps falling asleep <laughs> i i knew i kind of called who the villain is like the main villain and i i knew how it was probably going to end because they just kind of beat you over the head with it but that doesn't mean that the origin of a very popular punisher villain wasn't still super brutal to watch <laughs> oh interesting so, so that's coming up that for you i mean it, there's there's stuff there's stuff worth watching uh, in there. It's just, you know, like there's some people that are, are asking the question is, is Punisher, Punisher's kind of a character out of time kind of thing. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Like, like you know, like Captain America is is literally billed as a man out of time. But uh, like Punisher is kind of a hard sell in today's world. <laughs> like, is, is it good for us to just have somebody shooting criminals? I don't know if it is. I don't know if that's how we deal with our problems. So far, I've really liked how they've played on though with um, with the other vet, the veterans. Veterans, yeah. I think it's yeah. I I think it's maybe uncomfortable because, but it should be. Right. Yeah, it definitely feels a little bit more uncomfortable now with with the with the current war that's been going for seven, eight, sixteen years, eight, seventeen years, and then also all the whole gun thing. The, the constant mass shootings. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah. It's what, definitely 11 uncomfortable. In, 11 now. in the. We've already had 11 uh, since the beginning of the year. That's, really? That's in a month. That's crazy. That's insane. Not oh, even yeah. a month. Not even a month as we're recording this. Oh, yeah, yeah you're crazy. right. 
Yeah, I don't know. It's it's a weird time for that kind of a character. Yeah. For those kinds of characters, but I don't know. It's interesting. And and so far the series, I know this has totally de- derailed our conversation, but so far the series, like, it seems like they're taking a certain stance, but then like not at the same time. Like, right. Sometimes I'm like, are they going towards like the whole militia um, patriot thing? Because that's awkward and uncomfortable. But then it kind of doesn't. It backpedals to this other way. But at the same time, you still have a gun-toting vigilante who's your protagonist. And, yeah. And he'd just as soon go kill people than like, I don't know, you know. It's weird. It's weird. Yeah. Well, either way you look at it, the government's bad and the military's bad. And, and yeah, they're bad. <laughs> Speaking speaking of the government and military being bad, how about that nuke, huh? He, I know him from somewhere. Where do I know him from? He was in Jessica Jones season one. Oh, okay. Yeah. He was um kind of befriended Jessica Jones, but then they were giving he him was the, cop. the pills. Yeah. yeah. The Reds. Is that it? And Is that it? He he was uh he was mind he was controlled like... by Kilgrave and then mm-hmm. uh like he basically sat outside of uh Patsy Walker's apartment and then they had a relationship. <laughs> Our boys. And then, went, and then it went really weird when he became Nuke. Our boys. Our boys. <laughs> Our I boys. was like, wow. His character is so, oh, it's so crazy. Okay, so we are we are definitely all over this place on this. But it, I don't know. What are high points for you? Because there were definitely a few points where reading this that I was, I, okay, so I'll just say I enjoyed it. Melanie kind of seems like you maybe didn't enjoy it that It much. wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. It, it just... You know, I've seen or read some things that are very similar in my time. That's all. Kind of predictable. I, and yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah. Some of the things I really liked uh, was like Ben, Ben, uh, what's his name? Ulrich? Yeah. How, you mean Uric, the character Uric. that introduces himself every time he shows up on page? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like, I really like that character. I always have liked that character. I like that character in Spider-Man, but I particularly like how he's developed within the pages of Daredevil. And that's why when we get to the Daredevil uh, Netflix series, the one of the biggest gripes I have against the Netflix series is that they just kill him. They make him an old man and they kill him off in the first season. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, you're right. I I was thinking of that reading this. (laughs) Like, I'm still mad about it, though. I mean, they made his death mean something. They made it kind of poignant, but they could have done so much more with him. Like, he's a pretty layered character, and he's one of the few people that isn't, like, sleeping with Matt or uh, Matt's best friend. That is a normal guy that kind of roots for slash keeps uh, Daredevil in check. Mm. But if he was alive, then they wouldn't have somewhere to stick Karen Page. Karen. She's not his girlfriend anymore. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. It does put her firmly in that role, I guess. Yeah. That's one of my favorite parts. You get the big character moment for him where he he gets scared out of talking. He's mm-hmm. not going to pursue the kingpin when he, you know, um, the big nurse lady, like, busts mm-hmm. his hand up, but then, like, kills the other or almost oh. kills the other guy. Well, eventually. eventually. The guy that was uh, the cop that was twisted into framing Mm-hmm. That's a sad story. Yeah, it was a sad story. Ben gets scared out of pursuing the story mm-hmm. until the cops in the hospital. After this, he's gonna talk, and then the big nurse lady comes in and kills him on the phone with Ben, and Ben's listening. 
that whole sequence, not just that part of the story, that's like a major character point for him, which is definitely the most interesting point of that sequence. But that whole sequence, I really like how it played out. It's one of the most effective uses in a comic book that I've seen of where it's like a TV show or a movie where it keeps jumping from character to character rapidly mm-hmm. in this like building climax mm-hmm. in a TV show or a movie. Like it works well in that medium, but I can't recall reading it in a comic that made it work so well. Yeah. Where no, no, it yeah. Increasingly cut between to where it's like there's a panel of this a panel of that panel of this yeah and you feel the like rising tension yeah. and it feels like the pace is actually quickening up and mm-hmm. like yeah i like, thought that was really good i'm not sure if it cl- it's, i'm not sure if it did go closer to him but it seemed like it might have and he yeah. got redder and like started sweating yeah yeah it was really- yeah by the end he's like completely red like his skin tone yeah. oh yeah was, yeah they did that really well well and even before that uh one of the, one of the bits that I like with him and uh J Jonah Jameson you know like in in Spider-Man books there's nothing to like about J Jonah Jameson for the most part I mean like later on you get more m- more humanizing beats uh in the J Jonah Jameson story but I feel like in Daredevil you, you get you get a little bit more of a sideways glance at at Jonah and you get to see uh, what he actually stands for. And he has this whole heart to heart where he's disappointed in, in Ben Urich. And he's like, listen, you know, you're, you're a journalist and this is your job. And I don't want to see you again until you decide to do your job because the Kingpin has, uh, he needed to go down yesterday and we're the people that can do it, which is, Mm. which is poignant and scary to me because I feel like right now in our, American history, that's not true. The newspaper doesn't have that power, mm-hmm. but they should. That's their job. Yeah, Jesse sent me a picture. He took a picture of one of the panels from it and sent it to me one day. And it's of him giving him that speech. And he says, you know, the he's holding the paper and he's like, this is, how does it go? Topple presidents. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm looking for the, the mayors and right topple now, presidents. Yeah. And like, this is the power to whatever. Mm-hmm. And if it was. And I was just like, yeah. So I just replied. With you were like fake, fake news. news. You know? <laughs> were like, yeah, that's the problem. Yeah. That's exactly right. And and part of it is the well, oh, wow. Okay, we don't need to get into that conversation. But part of it is the press. That's not the press anymore. Yeah. Like the press isn't. They don't do that job anymore. And right. They don't have that power. To. They didn't have that power, uh, anyways, anymore. So it's it's sobering to see like this thing where, and of course, it's a little idealistic, but it still comes out of a truth where they used to have the power because their whole thing was to report the truth. And so, yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, that, I don't know that, that that's interesting. I don't know what I liked. I have to think about it. Hmm. Yeah. There were a few other sequences. Oh, you liked when Matt, it finally clicked who was doing this to Matt for Matt. Oh, you figured it out. Yeah. You made mention when you were reading it. Yeah, I did. I enjoyed that, that, well, I mean, I, Obviously, I already knew who it was or whatever. And I'm like, I don't know. I mean, who would have the power to do it? Hmm, let's think. But um, when when the the gym blows up in his apartment, whatever, uh, and he's standing there and he's like, something along the lines of, this isn't like everybody. This is a gangster. Uh, so yeah, now I know that you shouldn't you have it. signed it. You shouldn't yeah, have signed your handiwork, yeah. basically. Yeah, I like that. And I think that was a, I mean, yeah, who has the power to do this? But, you know, it's so many like, pretty big high level things like the IRS yeah. was freezing his, his assets and stuff like that. Maybe he wouldn't automatically assume it's from the Kingpin or something, Yeah, but 
yeah, I like that it felt like a pretty organic way to, like, give him that clue of, like, oh, Mm -hmm. yeah, this is gangster work. Yeah. So this makes sense. But he still loses it after that, though. Like, at that point, that's when he really loses it. And I kind of expected that would be when the turn would be. But you don't get the turn till after he... Even though we know who's who it is, he doesn't. He's lost everything at that point, and he has to get to where he's like, "Okay, I lost everything, but I'm still here, and whatever." That's true. Like he does resolve to the like, "Well, I'm gonna fix it. I'm gonna take care of it." But he's also still losing his mind, so it doesn't go well. Apparently, he was sick though, wasn't he? It seemed like it. Well, I don't know. I mean, you know, he has that big fever thing, and I don't know how much of that when that all started. Because it was after this fever broke that he was better. Yeah, I assume that started because when he does finally go to attack the kingpin, mm-hmm. he's still not in his right state of mind. He's attacked a cop at some point in time before this. Um, so he's a mess. And uh, the kingpin just beats the crap out of him. And then does like villains do and tries mm-hmm. to dispose of him in a way that doesn't really ensure that he's dead. Mm-hmm. But he like welds him into a taxi or something to frame him because he doesn't, you know, he wants to frame him even more and drives him off a pier. And, uh, but of course he gets, he gets out of there. Yeah. Because you know, windows. Then he, he wanders around. Yeah. With a, gets in fight with a Santa Claus. Turk. Yeah. Turk. Uh, who's pops up in like all the Netflix shows. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Turk stabs him. He gut stabs him. Oh, right. I was, and that's, that's when he's like really sick. That's when, like, oh, is he even going to survive? There was some some good, like, what would it be, internal dialogue or whatever he has about. He's listing, like, all the stuff that's happened. And he's like, it's, he got stabbed by Santa Claus. And he's like, no, it's all real. It's all real. And it's like, no, it doesn't sound <laughs> real, but <laughs> yeah, it is. Fair enough. Yeah. So I thought that was fun. When that's when we get the big, uh, the big season, or I guess it'd be the final scene of, uh, Defenders, that whole reveal that uh, Sister Maggie is the one that finds him and takes him in. And is his mom? Yep. Yeah. Well, that's strange. It is strange. I wonder, are, do you think they're going to pursue that? Have they even ever addressed his mom whatsoever in the show? I don't think they have. Well, they hadn't even in this comic because they basically, uh, like she she basically... Uh, Faked her death or something to join the convent. Oh, okay. I don't know. I, yeah, I was going to say, I thought, exactly. she, I thought she passed as a baby. Or when he yeah, was a baby, not, not as a baby. That's the story <laughs> that, he, that he knows, yeah. So, yeah, there's that. <laughs> Hi, Mom. <laughs> Thanks for lying to me my whole life, but then saving my life. Twice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. After he gets better, mm-hmm. then we get this whole nuke thing. This part does feel a little tacked on, but at the same yeah. time, does it does resolve things. It does yeah. finally bring it full circle, but it, it also feels tacked on or a little bit like this could have been a deleted scene kind of thing. It, it could have been, but then it, I mean, it, it gave some resolution because otherwise, well, the Kingpin's obviously gone a little crazy himself trying to get, you know, now at this point he's alive and he's thwarted him or whatever, all his big plan. And... The only way he can, you know, justify everything that he's already done is to make make sure that he's dead. So he sends out that guy, which was a bad thing. And that's what gets him caught. So that's the, you know. Yeah. If that's... he wouldn't have done that, he wouldn't have gotten caught. Yeah, yeah. It, it just feels the most out of place from the rest of the story. But, I mean, obviously, yeah, it is. It's the, it's the resolution. It feels like a sandbox type of thing. Like, like, like Frank Miller set everything up. Like, spent all this time setting everything up. 
just so he could pull in Nuke and Captain America and have just like a crazy helicopter fight in the middle of Hell's Kitchen. And get his, his a little bit of commentary mm-hmm. about, about oh, yeah. the, the government and the military. And, which I kind of I, I kind of enjoyed Captain America's aspect on it. And it enforced more of like what Jesse, you had told me at one point like before I really had a good grasp on Captain America's character leading up to like the Civil War movie and all that. Talking about Civil War is about Captain America is not so much about, you know, following the letter of the law. He's about like what America should be. And it definitely plays on that in this oh, to yeah. where mm-hmm. he, he, you know, knocks out some some military police so that he could go and sneak through these files because that's what seems right versus what he has clearance for. Yeah. So I thought that right. was kind of interesting, and you get kind of a depressed Captain America in this. Yeah. When Nuke plays the good soldier, you know, like Nuke, at least for the first part, he's just following orders, like every order, even though he's, like, lost it. Well, you, even in his mind, though it might not be there all the way, he still is. He's trying to defend America and keep everyone safe. and Yeah, and they tell him, you know, these yeah. are the enemies. The press is the enemy. Bring our boys home. Yeah. I was kind of surprised at that bit because they kept pressing on on him like, you know, just property damage, property damage. And then he gets there and you don't see a lot of the the actual like human violence, but you you hear quote unquote hear it through Daredevil's internal dialogue mm-hmm. about yeah. how he's hearing, you know, the old lady across the street. Yeah, people collapsing in their last gasp and somebody goes to their death cursing and this and that and this and that. And so basically like they drop Nuke into the middle of Hell's Kitchen, and he just starts mass murdering everybody and ex- mm-hmm. blowing up buildings and stuff. And like, it's pretty insane. I wasn't, I was a little surprised by that level of like crazy murder and destruction. I was like, whoa, I did not expect that. That's the point, though. I mean, I think, I think they wanted to put Nuke in there just to show the level of freaking crazy hate that what's his butt has. Kingpin. Yeah. That, yeah. That makes him lose his bad word. When he can't, when things can't go his like by his business plan, you know, then he, then then he turns into the criminal. Yeah, a lot of this really is like people telling him, like, "Whoa, you you kind of going off the handle here, man!" Like, you know, this is mm-hmm. bad business, and then he murders them. Yeah. And that's this is this is where times. I really appreciate D'Onofrio's portrayal. It's like, okay, I can see mm-hmm. D'Onofrio in this moment now, to where he on the outside, other than the fact that he like will snap an associate's neck and stuff. Still seems totally cool and collected the whole time. Right. It does end abruptly. Oh, yeah. That final page, pun intended. <laughs> yeah. It's just Matt and Karen Page walking down the street. She's mm-hmm. All is right in the world, looking even though normal. he's a short order cook. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, is he? Because I thought that place blew up. It did, but there was some mention of... Like insurance seemed... money or something? like. It seemed like he stole thirty thousand no, dollars from did. criminals. He did. You're right, he did. And he mentioned something about a caf- uh, you know, this is thirty thousand dollars for a cafe or whatever. Yeah, because they weren't going to do the insurance money because it wasn't worth it, and they couldn't afford to fight or something. Yeah, the insurance company came up with some yeah crap. Yeah, and then he went. He did. I remember him going and stealing money from. I don't remember. It was like bags of money from somewhere. Some like bookies or something. Yeah, so. it was just this little yeah little Robin Hood scene in there it does feel a little like the last when it actually wraps up it does feel a little disjointed because you've got some random captain america stuff in there and it'll even from panel to panel almost like it jumps from one scene to another and it i can't remember exactly what's happening but there's one page in particular where i'm like that feels kind of out of sequence like not out of order just like 
it rapidly jumps from one scene to the next. And I want to say it's around the time when he, Matt steals the money. But he forgives Karen, apparently. Like, and, right away. And they're they're all good. And that's good because his ex is with Foggy now. Which he doesn't acknowledge. Like, I know he sees it because he's... <laughs> I mean, he's running around Hell's Kitchen, including in the church after, like, all the chaos, right next to them, but they don't ever notice him. Yeah. But I guess, does Foggy know, like, he's, like, super, he knows all about him. Okay. But Gloria doesn't, although she was around taking pictures the whole time. Oh, that's another thing. So she ends up becoming Ben's photographer for a bit. She's Spider-Man, only without the webs and stuff. (laughs) I I love that she becomes a photographer. They get into some serious stuff at that point. Like they, like there's a there's a gunfight in this jail cell, tiny little room. It's where, it's like an interrogation cell where everybody except her and Ben die, and they make a point of every time like somebody like she doesn't stop snapping pictures the whole time. Mm-hmm. Like people are shooting each other in the face, and she every time she click click yep. click and like. I thought that was awesome. I was it like, was awesome. Holy crap. And, like Ben ends up beating one guy to death with the pistol and she's just snapping pictures the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was, that was sweet. Yeah. She, she's good at her job. That made me, yeah. I don't know anything about her, but I, after that, I was like, I want to know her story. What's her deal? What becomes of this? Because when that's wicked stuff, stuff was blowing up with the helicopter and stuff. They're like trying to get her to move out of the way. So she's, oh, crushed. Yeah. she's like, I know I'm coming to lunch. Just a minute. <laughs> just stand behind the car. <laughs> Yeah, and Ben had to murder that guy. It was self-defense. I mean, he looked like he went a little off the rails, but... Mm. And then he... Did he beat him to death with his shoe? No, it was a pistol. He pistol. Oh, okay, okay. (laughs) Who uses shoe, honestly? (laughs) (laughs) The art looked good. It was... I mean, the layouts and the sequences were... Some of of them were excellent, like I mentioned that one. And in that jail cell, when that whole sequence went down, I thought that was pretty well done. Yeah. The art's kind of, like, I don't want to say it's standard, but it's that... You know, mid mid to late 80s Marvel standard comic book style. It looked good, mm. you know. Looked like. Worked really well with uh, uh, Frank Miller's writing style, too, because a lot of times Frank Miller will do double duty and he'll write and draw it. But uh, this guy, this Mag... Mezzacotti? Yeah. Yeah, man, Cotti. He did a nice job of, of, you know, being able to translate... Frank Miller's crazy. The the nurse lady, or not, yeah, the evil nurse lady. The big, the, yeah, the big nurse lady. Did she I really hope so. She, no, not necessarily. They didn't show her get apprehended, but she got apprehended and started talking. Oh. But that's only mentioned through dialogue to Kingpin, so you don't see it happen. She apparently, they were going to transfer her to, like, Oregon or some random state, and she was unhappy about it. And that's the last you actually see her, and then later you hear she's apprehended. And she's one of the first that starts spilling the beans. Yeah, figures. I don't like her. I, she's my least favorite character in the book. Oh, and she went and like tried to hang Ben's wife, and mm-hmm. that whole sequence was pretty good. She was as crazy and scary as uh, Nuke in a lot of ways. Oh yeah, and less likable. Sure. Like you feel less uh, compassionate for her. Yeah, than, yeah than no kidding. Yeah, Nuke's obviously like he is a soldier that's lost it, and he's all pilled up. Mm-hmm. She just seems. Kind of evil. She is evil. She's just evil. Yeah. Like she she relished going to do the job, even yeah. after everybody said no, leave him alone. She's like, no, I'm gonna take care of this. <laughs> oh yeah, you're right. Yurik's yeah. going down. Did you know? I read recently that there are a lot more women psychopaths than people think, but um, they don't usually get violent. They just manipulate people more, so they never get caught. Hmm. Yep. 
I could kind of see that. I believe it. I do. I do too. I think I might have met a couple of them. Mm-hmm. Me too. Yeah. You are the. How did he put it in the letters page segment last month or last episode? Card. You're the. You're the women. <laughs> the, woman hater. W- the woman, woman hater. The card member of the woman hater club or whatever. Yeah. Something like that. I don't know. Well, I mean, they suck. <laughs> Speaking of letters, Paige, do we have letters? Whoa, whoa. Who turned out the lights? Where did I end up now? This stupid time traveling blinkatron, I swear. There's, there's a blinkatron. It's just going. Oh. It's okay. Oh, crap. Shh, shh. Just stay asleep. Okay. All right, well, right place, wrong time. Uh, This is fine. This is fine. I'll just leave him a note. There has to be some paper around here somewhere. Man, it's dark. What is that? Um, Trash can. Wait, is that? It's full of comics. What the devil? Marvel Secret Wars, Marvel Secret Empire, 90s Captain America, huh, alright, now some, where's the, where's some paper, what's this, puppets, Pokemon, here we go, paper, Jesse, this is Randy, from in the future, there's, there's important donuts, there's just, why, why would they do that, stupid, Jesse, this is Randy, from in the future. Just leaving this note to remind you to let listeners know how they can send us their feedback for the letters page segment. Be sure to tell them they can send us an email to letters at grawlixpodcast.com. It's G-R-A-W-L-I-X podcast.com. And we'll read it on the show. If they'd like to hear their voice on the show, they can send us a voice recording or do it the old-fashioned way. Pick up a phone and leave us a voice message. The phone number to do that is 559-426-6427. That's 559-426-6427. Or an easier way to remember it is 559-4-COMICS. Tell them to try to keep it under two minutes, and remember we do a clean language show, regardless what the YouTube algorithm says. I would remind myself, but it doesn't go well when I try to visit my past selves. It's too paradoxical thanks all right now just to leave this on his nightstand and with that taken care of i can try to get back to episode 100 there's too much exhaust wait a minute it occurs to me i have a unique opportunity here hmm that just might be too much magnificent manly beard for one podcast there can only be one I have an audio clip I'd like to play for you guys. Play me this audio oh, clip, please. Hey, 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 let's do it. This is coming from uh, Matthew Downs. S- surprise, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> He's becoming a regular. Uh, regular. He could have Eventually, his own uh, segment, you know? Th- th- yeah, that's what I was going to say. Basically, we- the letters page is his segment <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> right now. <gasps> okay. So I've got my mind. I have names for it. Uh, do you? Maybe. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Let's hear it. No, 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 not yet. I've got to work on it. Okay, okay. Okay. Well, keep it up, Matt. 
honestly, we don't mind. We like it. We like the input. And Melanie has like a secret name for it that we really need to know now. So here we go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> here is the latest audio clip that he has sent us. Hey, you. Yeah, you. I'm in your car. Oh, right. God. This year's Jerry the Gnome. Look, uh, I kind of have a problem here. I'm, uh, I'm stuck in your trunk. <laughs> Mainly because, uh, well, I saw a rabbit get in here, and you can't trust them rabbits. Once they get in your house, <laughs> they'll start eating your carrots. And then they'll, uh, start pooping their little rabbit turds all over the place. So, uh, I chased a rabbit in here, and, well, he was a bit wily, and he, uh, he locked me in. So, could you just kind of pull over real quick and let me out? Yeah, please. Come on now. Um, trying to keep your house safe and protect you from all the bad things like the rabbits and squirrels and the jabberwockies. Hmm. You gotta look out for oh. jabberwockies. Yeah. And, uh, they kind of like creep up behind you and pick at your brains and stuff. <laughs> oh, snap. I'm real sorry I got stuck in here. Well, honestly, I really need your help getting out. Oh, and uh, I also want to say Happy Valentine's Day, Growlix Podcast. Oh, he loves us. <laughs> He's killing rabbits. <laughs> He's killing rabbits. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was I actually I had not listened to that full one yet. Oh, man, I like it. I'd, I'm undecided. <laughs> Are you? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, I also feel like there was another short email or something I'm I, I, I'm missing from him, but but that's okay. I, I don't recall what it was. It's probably past its due anyway. Thank you, Matt or yeah. Jerry. Oh, Jerry. Jerry. Jerry the gnome. Ah the tree i think it was about that i think it was about that oh yeah yeah he uh talked about uh gerald it was gerald the gnome gerald the gnome he set the record straight on on Uh, that okay i lied i do have an email this is something that came through uh a little while ago the cartoon that i think mel references when you were after this is our our, basically our kind of our christmas episode Mm -hmm. uh is david the gnome Oh, my bad. I remember it from Childhood 2. It starred Tom Bosley as the voice of David. Again, another 80s reference, which is, yeah, that's kind of an extension of the ep- uh, the letter from last episode. So, yeah, there we go. Oh, Jerry, keeping us safe from the bad things. <laughs> oh, man. Super excited you're in my car. I think he's refined the voice a little bit. I, too, I, <laughs> yeah, I like it. Has, I think it sounds yes. good. He's getting a little more Rick Sanchez to it. <laughs> hey, hey, you, hey, you guys! They're uh, rabbits. Don't you worry your pretty little heads. <laughs> so you're gonna get, you get like pickle gnome and <laughs> Pick, pickle gnome. Rick's just taking over everything everywhere. Yep, you're getting Rick rolled. All right, come on, we're in. This is awesome. We're in the Grolic Studios. Look, it's a plate of Mel's hot biscuits. I've heard about those. Oh my God! Check it out, Jesse and Randy's beard oil. I didn't know you can buy that in buckets. Well, that Sam Club's membership is really paying off. Okay, let's get in their computer and drop this promo. Okay, let's do it. 
we're the Roman Pontycast, and in the future, we're sneaking a promo on the Grolic Show. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, no, okay, seriously. Here, sir. Here we go. I'm Roman LeBeau. And I'm Rob Gast. And we're from the Roman Podcast. We're just two Canadian guys getting together once a week to put our own spin on weird stories and trending news. That's right. You can get our show every Wednesday night on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, the Laughable app, and of course, here on the EMC Podcast Network. Okay, I think this. I think we got it. Uh, put that in their show. Let's get out of here. Yeah, 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 hang on. While I'm in their computer, I'm just going to update their comic book pull list for the next few months. What are you adding? Captain Canuck, of course. <laughs> nice. <laughs> This is Melanie. All energy flows according to the whim of the great Grolix. What a fool I was to defy him. This is Jesse. Shall we play a Grolix? This is Randy. As for Daredevil, well, soon the world will know the truth. That this is a city born of heroes. That one can make a difference. Hell's Kitchen is my neighborhood. I prowl the rooftops and alleyways at night, watching from the darkness, forever in darkness, a guardian Grolix. Thank you for listening to the Grolix Podcast. The Grolix Podcast is a production of the Electronic Media Collective and Vocal Arrow Studios. For more Grolix Podcast, visit GrolixPodcast.com. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Podcast, or follow us on Twitter at Grolix Podcast. We're also everywhere. All the time. All at once. Wow, that was an episode. Somebody at my work the other day was like, <laughs> same bad time, same bad channel. And she was walking out the door, and I'm like, hey, Batman. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It was fun stuff.